Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Somebody forgot to tell the computer that uh, the time changed last night. <laughs> Welcome. We're glad you're here this morning. Welcome. It's uh, great to be here today, today with, uh, with all of you. It's good to be here with uh, brothers and sisters in Christ and to uh, worship the Lord together. And we welcome you and, uh, and hope God's going to bless you in a very special way today. Um, we welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us, and, uh, and we're glad that you're here and uh, hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship the Lord together. A few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. I would like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out, check the appropriate box, put your name, address, and email on there, and uh, pass it down the row, and then pass it back down if you would. Uh, we would certainly appreciate that. Uh, also, you will notice in the, um, <coughs> in the worship folder that there are a number of, uh, of meetings today and tomorrow and this week. I won't go through all of those, but uh, please take note of those. And if you are involved in one of those uh, committees, one of those teams, then uh, please uh, take note of that and be where you need to be this week. And among the meetings that we will be having is uh, on Wednesday, not a committee meeting, but uh, a meeting here at the church, we will be having our Lenten lunch and service at 12 o'clock on, on um, 12 o'clock noon on Wednesday. Uh, this is a great time. It's a great opportunity for us to fellowship with uh, people of other churches around our community, with the, the community of faith gathering together to celebrate Lent and to prepare our hearts for uh, the crucifixion and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that will be Wednesday. We will begin with a service at noon, and the Reverend Beth Mackey will be bringing the message. She is the uh, the rector at uh, St. Paul's United or St. Paul's Episcopal Church, and uh, so she'll be bringing the message on Wednesday. And on April the first, I will be bringing the message at uh, St. Paul's Episcopal Church. And understand that. Uh, their organist will be playing our organ this Wednesday, and Nibby will be playing the organ at St. Paul's on April the 1st. So I uh, sent an email to Nibby that it's pretty cool that we have a pulpit switch and a pulpit swap and an organ transplant all at the same time. <laughs> One other thing, um, just to bring to your attention. Um, some of you know that about once or twice a year, we have a joining Sunday. Uh, this is for people who would like to become a member of Community Baptist Church, but just haven't quite gotten around to it, which is something that you want to do. This is a way that we'll just make this easy for you to do. And uh, our joining Sunday, our next joining Sunday, will be on Easter Sunday. What a great time to, to make that commitment to join the church. On Easter Sunday, April the 12th. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't join between now and then. You can. Any, any Sunday you would like to join the church, you are able to do that. But this is a particular day that we just want to make this easy for you uh, if you would like to join the church uh, and just haven't gotten around to it. April the 12th. So uh, you, you'll see more about that between now and then. We're glad that you're here today. We welcome you. It's great to be with God's people in God's house worshiping our Lord. So let's stand up and greet each other in the name of the Lord and, and uh, shake each other's hand. And... I'm not touching anybody. I'm not going to shake your hand You are holy. You are holy. You are mighty. You are mighty. You are worthy. You are worthy. Worthy of praise. Worthy of praise. I will follow. I will follow. I will listen. I will listen. I will love. All of my days, all of my days, I will sing to and worship the 
see all of you this morning. As I looked at what Pastor Tim was going to preach about this morning, we all know the story, I believe, of Noah and the ark. What do we know first about old Noah? What do we know? What did he, what what did God ask him to do? What did he do? Oh, a big boat, wasn't it? And then he was to take what? Two of every animal on there. We know, we know all that, but I think what is often missed out of that story, not purposely, but the beauty of that story to me is the after story of all that. It's the promise that God made, a covenant, he called it, by way of a rainbow. A rainbow. What a pretty, pretty whole vision there. Now, as I got to think about promises, we all know what promise is, don't we? What do you do when you make a promise? What are you saying? I will do something, won't I? I will not do something. One of the ways, it's your word, saying what you're going to do. Well, all these ideas just kept popping in. And as you notice, I got a little papers here because I couldn't, I just kept thinking these things. I read a few things, kind of funnies. One of them was, promises are like babies. Easy to make, but hard to deliver. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. And some other sweeter ones, but let God's promises shine on your problems. Promise only what you can deliver, then deliver more than you promise. That's a pretty good one. Everyone's a millionaire where promises are concerned. An ounce of performance is worth pounds of promises. Some of those famous promises, what do you think? What do you do when two people go down the aisle and Go up there to the preacher and going to get married. Where, where they go up there and promise? I promise to be faithful in this marriage. Some of those famous vows of all times are the marriage vows. Okay? But then on the other side, those are beautiful. Then how many promises have we just experienced in the last year or two by way of what? Politicians. Think about it. Oh, like me, I promise I will do this. I promise I will do that. But many times, they can't deliver. So what I'd like to ask you all today is, keep in mind that when you say, I promise someone something, don't take that lightly. That is your word. And your word means more than you will ever know as you grow up. I hear my father's words to this day. You may not have a lot, but one thing you can have is your good name. And it means something when you say you're going to do something. So as we listen to Noah, the the story this morning, I think we realize that God's promises, oh my, what would we do without them for sure? But we must be careful again that we don't promise something we can't keep. One memory I had was um, many years ago, as you hear my voice today, you never know. I used to maybe do a little singing. But uh, back in the days of Jerry Martin's mom and daddy, Bailey and Gladys, have we had one of the favorite songs. I know it's my mom's favorite. But the chorus goes something like this. We would sing, many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow 
and I know who holds my hand. And I'm going to ask the church to say with me John 3.16, and if you all know it, one of the most beautiful promises in the Bible. Can you help me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Kids, you can take it to the bank. The best promise you'll ever hear. Okay? Have a good week. scripture reading for today comes from the first book of the Bible, Genesis, beginning in chapter 9, reading verses 8 through 15. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, as for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you, for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. Let us pray together. O oh God, we gather today united in worship of you. We pray that our hearts would be turned toward you and that our frail human spirits would be transformed by the presence of your Holy Spirit. Teach us your everlasting tru truth, O oh God. 
come to us with conviction and revelation that we may be convicted of our wrong and that you may reveal to us your forgiveness and your desire for our lives. Transform our lives into the likeness of your Son and give us the hope of the promise of your presence with us each step of our lives. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, perfect God, we give you thanks for this very day, for the ability to put our feet on the floor and to come to your house to worship you. We ask that you accept our worship as an act of love, accept our offerings as our way of saying thank you. Thank you for keeping your promises to us always. So we ask that you take what we offer, multiply it as you did the fish and the loaves, and help us to help you further your kingdom. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
This is my Father's word, and to my listening ears, all nature rings, and round me sings the music of the spheres. This is my Father's world, I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees, of skies and seas, his hand the wonders This is my Father's world, the birds their carols raise, the morning light, the lily white, declare their Maker's praise. This is my Father's world. He shines in all that's fair. In the rustling grass, I hear him pass. He speaks to me is my father's word oh let me never forget that though the wrong seems of so strong God is the ruler yet this is my father's world the battle is not done Jesus who died shall be satisfied and earth and heaven be This is my father's world. I have a confession to make today, and that is that I stole the title of today's sermon, and I stole it from a frog. His name is Kermit the Frog, and so in order to uh, give him proper credit, I think we need to hear from Kermit, and so we have a little video we would like to show to you, uh, and this is for all of those who are young and for those of us who are young at heart. about rainbows and what's on the other side. Rainbows are visions, but only illusions, and rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told, and some choose to believe it, I know they're wrong, wait and see. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. 
said that every wish would be heard and answered when wished on the morning star. Somebody thought of that and someone believed it. Look what it's done so far. What's so amazing that keeps us stargazing? And what do we think we might see? Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. sweet sound that calls the young sailors the voice might be one and the same I've heard it too many times to ignore it it's something that I'm supposed to be someday we'll find it the rainbow connection the lovers, the dreamers, and me. Do you feel young again? I was glad to see that our children who went back for children's church came outside and stood, stood at the door and watched us there. I'd like to read an ad to you that ran in an unnamed newspaper a while back. It says, animal nut needed to live in with casually abnormal family consisting of 23 dogs, nine goats, seven cats, nine mallards, three horses, and assorted transient critters. Duties consist of feeding, combing, petting, cleaning up after, and loving same. Occasional sergeanting of two boys, ages nine and 14. Benefits consist of room and board, use of car, dining out often, small salary, and access to the family psychiatrist. No experience necessary. Your pet is okay. You know, I read that, uh, that ad, and immediately I thought about poor old Noah, cooped up with all of those, all those animals and his family on the ark for such a long, long period of time. But there's one cynic who has said that Noah doesn't deserve even the tiniest bit of our pity because he should have swatted those two gnats, two flies, and two mosquitoes while he had a chance. But there's also a, a list that has been circulating around the internet, which somebody dubbed, everything I need to know I learned from Noah. Among the items listed are, number one, plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah began building the ark. Number two, stay fit. When you're 600 years old, somebody might ask you to do something really big. Number three, don't listen to critics. Do what has to be done. Number four, speed isn't always an advantage. The cheetahs were on board, but so were the snails. Number five, remember that the ark was built by amateurs and the Titanic was built by professionals. Number six, be advised that the woodpeckers on the inside are often a bigger, a bigger threat than the storm that's on the outside. And last but not least, no matter how bleak it may appear, there is always a rainbow on the other side. 
Thank God for the rainbows. Here are some thoughtful insights about the weather that come to us from children under the age of 10. One kid says, you can listen to thunder after lightning and tell how close you came to being hit. But if you don't hear it, well, never mind. <laughs> Another one says, I'm not sure how clouds get formed, but the clouds know how to do it, and that's all that really matters. And a third young boy says, rainbows are just to look at, not really to understand. Well, folks, I believe that that youngster is at least half right. Because you see, rainbows are not really to understand. Instead, they're to look at. And they are to remind us of the grace and the mercy and the love of our God. The, the rainbow reminds us that God has made a covenant with God's people. And God is always faithful to keep promises. As we saw just a few moments ago, Kermit the Frog sang that beautiful song in which he asked the question, why are there so many songs about rainbows? And you and I may know why there are so many songs about rainbows. Maybe Carl Jung was right. Maybe we all do share a collective unconscious with memories preserved from our prehistoric past. Maybe people who have never heard the gospel preached or never heard the stories of the Hebrew Bible have deep within their psyches the distant memories of that first human being who witnessed a rainbow. The Bible tells us that his name was Noah. And the Bible tells us that Noah witnessed this rainbow after a great flood destroyed all known life except that which was preserved on a wooden ship called an ark. And God made a promise to Noah that never again would a flood destroy the earth. God said, this is a sign of the covenant that I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and all the earth. I will bring, when I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant, and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. Thank God for rainbows. They are a reminder to us of our relationship with God. But why are there so many songs about rainbows, as Kermit said? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> why are there so many songs about rainbows? Well, for one thing, I believe it's because rainbows often follow the storms. Let's think about that a minute. Rainbows often follow the storms. I mean, my friends, Noah's family, they had experienced a flood of incredible magnitude. But now the, the rains were over, the waters were receding, and a rainbow appeared up in the sky. So put yourself in, in Noah's shoes for just a moment. It has been raining for weeks and weeks and weeks and you've been cooped up with your family and all of those stinking animals. And suddenly the rain stops, the sun breaks through, and out there on the horizon, you see it. The beautiful purple and blue and red and orange and yellow and green of a rainbow. Can't you just imagine that, that their hearts leaped for joy to see such a beautiful sight as that? It, it's kind of like the way many of us may have felt during this past week after such a terrible winter we've experienced and all the ice storm and the snow, and I know it may not be over, but we've had pretty nice weather this week, haven't we? It's been much nicer, and it's warmed up a bit, and it's given us a little bit of hope that spring is just around the corner. 
So maybe that's a little bit about uh, of how Noah felt, except it was, in, it was on a much grander scale. My friends, just like Noah, there are a lot of people who know the relief of seeing a rainbow. Just three and a half years ago, the people of the Ninth Ward of New Orleans discovered what, what many people in Iowa discovered uh, just last year in, in parts of the Midwest. And that is that, that hurricanes can be devastating, but at least they come and go. And they're over with quickly. Their aftermath may, may stick around for a while, but the storm itself is over with quickly. But a flood, a flood can hang around and do damage for weeks or even months. And so it's no wonder when you think about that, that when trouble hits our lives, we say things like, the problems just came flooding in on me. Or, when it rains, it pours. Folks, let me ask you something. Have you ever been hit by a flood of problems in your life? Anybody? <laughs> if you're a human being, then I'm sure you have. There's a true story about a man named Brian Heiss who had one particularly incredibly bad day in his life. Here's how it started. When Brian woke up, he found a leak in his apartment ceiling. And then he ran to get a wet back to clean up the mess, and he discovered that his car had four flat tires. So he ran back inside to call someone to come and get his car, to come and, and, and uh, repair his car. And when he did that, he was knocked over backwards by an electrical shock from the telephone. I guess he was standing in the, in the water as he was making this phone call. So he went back downstairs only to discover that not only did he have four flat tires, but now his car had been stolen. That evening, as Brian was getting ready to go to his ROTC graduation ceremony, he accidentally sat on his bayonet, which required immediate medical attention. He had to go to the hospital. And while he was at, his, at the hospital, part of the roof fell in at his home, killing his pet canaries. When he came back home from the hospital, he saw what had happened, and so he ran across the room to check on his canaries, and he slipped and fell and injured his back, requiring another hospital visit. Bad day, huh? A news reporter who had caught wind of Brian's story asked him to explain how so many bad things could happen to one person in one day. And Brian replied, it seems like God was trying to kill me, but kept missing. <laughs> well, folks, I can tell you that God was not trying to kill Brian. But you can surely see why he felt that way, couldn't you? And sometimes you and I may feel kind of like that ourselves. How much more can I handle, we may say. Why me? And the only thing that I can say to that is that it's a part of everyday life. It's a part of everyone's life. Bad things happen to everyone. Good things happen to everyone, too. But bad things happen to everyone. Storms come. Waters rise. And, but then the rain lets up. The water recedes. And a rainbow appears. And we say, thank God for the rainbow. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? Well, first of all, it's because rainbows follow the storms. But also, I believe that there are so many songs about rainbows because rainbows, by their very nature, symbolize hope. Rainbows symbolize hope. I mean, think about it. Whose spirit is not lifted by the sight of a rainbow in the cloud? Maybe it's because the rainbows are, are so colorful. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, after the, the gray clouds and the depressing lack of sunlight and the, the dreary rain that keeps us cooped up for so long, to see the colors of that rainbow arrayed against the sky produces within us a strange feeling of elation. The world is still here, we, we say. 
The sun is shining again. All is well in God's world. Now, folks, I want you to think about Noah and his family for a minute. Don't you think that Noah's family had their doubts about whether everything would be okay again? I mean, think about it. Sure, they had their faith in God. They wouldn't have spent all that time and all that effort building that ark if they didn't have their faith in God. But still, when it, was, when it has rained for 40 days and 40 nights, when they have watched as their, their home was swept away by the waters of the flood, when all around you is dark and dismal for day after day after day after day, then it's easy for that doubt to creep into our lives. And it's easy to give in to that despair that we feel. But then, then comes the rainbow. <clears throat> and the rainbow, by its very nature, is a symbol of hope. I mean, think about it. Why do we live in a world of such incredible beauty? You know, there are some people in this world who believe there's no rhyme or reason for life. There's no purpose behind it. And they're pretty convincing when they talk about that. Until we come to this question, why in heaven's name is it all so beautiful? Why are our eyes and our brains so constructed that we, we can be so elated by the beauty of a rainbow? That's not a trait that we have to have for survival. Why is it all so wonderful? Well, I believe that the writer of Genesis has the answer to that question when he said that God looked upon all that God had made and behold, it was very good. The Department of Interior celebrated its 160th birthday on Tuesday of this past week. And Bruce Babbitt, who was the Secretary of the Interior under President Clinton's administration, addressed this question. Why save endangered species? And he recalls the words of a group of children who were asked to address that same question. And one child, Gabriel, answered, because God gave us the animals. Travis and Gina wrote, because we love them. And a third child answered, because we'll be lonely without them. And another one wrote, because they're a part of our lives, and if we didn't have them, it would not be a complete world. The Lord put, him on earth, or put them on earth to be enjoyed and not to be destroyed. Babbitt said, in my lifetime, I've heard many, many political and agricultural and scientific and medical and ecological reasons for saving in endangered species. I have, in fact, hired biologists and ecologists for just that purpose. And all of their reasons have to do with providing human beings with potential cures for diseases or yielding human beings a new strain of, of uh, drought-resistant crops or offering human beings bioremediation of oil spills or a thousand other justifications of why, uh, why species are useful to human beings. But then he said, none, but none of those reasons moved me like these little children's. My friends, rainbows give us hope. They speak to us about the meaningfulness of creation. As that little fellow said, rainbows are not, uh, are, are not to be really understood. They're just to look at. So you see, rainbows follow floods. They speak to us of hope, but there's one more reason why there are so many songs about rainbows, and it's the most important reason of all. Because you see, rainbows remind us of our covenant relationship with God. God has made a pact with us, an unbreakable contract, if you will. And that covenant was sealed in the life and person of Jesus Christ. The writer of 1 Peter puts it like this, For Christ died for sins once and for all, a good man on behalf of sinners, in order to lead you to God. 
He was put to death physically, but made alive spiritually. And in his spiritual existence, he went and made a proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. These were the spirits of those who had not obeyed God when God waited patiently during the days that Noah was building his boat. The few people in that boat, eight in all, were saved by the water, which was a symbol pointing to baptism, which now saves you. My friends, the waters of baptism are a reminder to us of the waters that engulfed the earth in the time of Noah. And baptism, just like the rainbow, is our reminder that we are a part of a covenant relationship with God. And that relationship tells us that even when the, the, the waters of life come flooding in around us, we will not be forgotten. Even when, when the storms of life are coming around us and we feel like we're about to drown, we will not be alone, for God will always be with us. And how do we know that God will always be with us? Here it is. Because God has promised it. And God has given us the rainbow as a sign that God is always faithful to keep promises. Kermit the Frog sang, why are there so many songs about rainbows? And the answer is that rainbows follow the floods. And rainbows, by their very nature, speak to us of hope. And rainbow, rainbows are a reminder of our covenant relationship with God. And who among us is not elated when we see a rainbow in the sky? There's an old Gaelic blessing of friendship that goes like this. May there, may, there, may there always be work for your hands to do. May your purse always hold a coin or two. May the sun always shine warm on your window pane. May a rainbow be certain to follow each rain. May the hand of a friend always be near you. And may God fill your heart with gladness to cheer you. My friends, I'm here to tell you that as long as there are rainbows, our lives will be cheered because as long as we have rainbows, we have hope for the future and a reminder that God is always with us. Even, no, especially through the storms of our lives. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response, number 450, I Need Thee Every Hour. I wonder how many, I, 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 don't, this, I don't think this song was around when Noah was on that ark, but had it been, I wonder how many times they would have sung it. <laughs> as they faced the struggles inside that ark, as they faced the long, dark days, I'm sure, even though the song was not there, that Noah had this in his heart, I need thee every hour. We all need God every hour, don't we? We all need the presence of God in our lives every hour because let's face it, folks, life can be hard. Life can be hard sometimes and the storms of life surround us and, and the water gets up to about right here and we wonder where, where are we going? What, what, what can we do here? I can't make it anymore. And that's when we see the rainbow and have the hope that God is with us even in the midst of those terrible, terrible times. God is with us. And we do need God every hour. Maybe you've never made that commitment to God. Maybe you're feeling that pressure in your life right now that, that you really need God. And you need to make that commitment to the Lord and allow the Lord to lift you from the burdens that you're, that you're under. Maybe you need to make that commitment to God today. 
If you're looking for a church home to be a part of, we invite you to come. Or, or maybe, maybe you've just been suffering under the burdens of life and, and you just need a prayer. You just need to come here and pray or, or I can share a prayer with you. Whatever, if God is dealing in your heart in any way today, we invite you to come as we sing, I need thee every hour. Would you come? as God's dear children go forth into this world and be strong in the Lord. May we resist the one who tempts us to stray from your path. May we bask in the glow of God's forgiveness and may we always know that God is with us and always will be with us in the sunshine and in the rain, in times of plenty and in times of want, in celebration and in grief, in elation and in despair. Now go in the peace and the love of our Lord Jesus Christ and walk with God by your side. Amen. Amen.